Welcome to Casual Talk Radio Podcast found at casualtalkradio.net. My name is Leister, I'm your host. Thank you for dialing in today, whether you're an existing subscriber or a new listener. We welcome everybody. Got a couple things to get out of the way first, and then we're going to get right into our topic for today. Casualtalkradio.net. That's our website. Check it out for all of our different podcast episodes, past and present. We're constantly making updates. We're refining the website experience. If you have any feedback, we'd appreciate hearing it. You can hit the contact link at the top, fill out the form, come straight to us. You can also leave us a voice message if you want to leave your thoughts on audio, and it may be played on the air. Who knows? Let's go ahead and get into our topic for today. Hello, hello. I'm still officially on the clock, but I wanted to take a brief break, get away from the monitor, and welcome everybody back to Casual Talk Radio, found at casualtalkradio.net. My name is Leister. I'm your host. If you're new, welcome. If you are not new, welcome back. Today, I was inspired to do a dedicated episode based on a video I stumbled across, which I think is gold, and is added to my collection. But the episode, there's two points to today's episode. First, uh, the Unabomber, Ted Kaczynski, died in prison. They say it was suicide. Nobody knows for sure yet. It's not confirmed, but he died in prison. And I'll say it again. If you didn't get a chance to read the Unabomber Manifesto as it's referred to, I highly recommend it. It's highly recommended reading. The guy was, he had gone nuts. And the high-level story of Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber, is that he actually was a brilliant brilliant person. He had a doctorate. He had a master's. He was a professor at a point. And technology, the rise of technology, and what he saw was its injection in daily lives set him off. He just went nuts. So he dropped his high-paid job. He goes into a cabin out in Montana, in the middle of nowhere, off the grid. And he starts sending bomb packages to people, including another professor who was basically supportive of technology. And then after this professor gets this explosive and gets injured by it, that professor turned around too. It's like, okay, maybe there's something to this. But in the manifesto, now mind you, this is decades ago, but the manifesto, it's actually, it's actually considered in certain colleges as reading material because it's just that good. He's talking about things decades ago that we now are dealing with. The idea that people are so engrossed in technology and they don't get out and don't spend time with their families and they're antisocial and the technology, the media, and how commercials are trying to influence you to do things like it's compelling stuff. I do encourage you to read it. Unabomber Manifesto, U-N-A, Bomber, B-O-M-B-E-R, Manifesto. It's free on the web. You can check it out. I do highly recommend that you do so. And you're going to see and remember, take into consideration when he wrote this. He wrote it decades ago, but the stuff he's talking about back then is the stuff we're tussling with now. If you're reflective, like I am, you're going to be taken aback by the stuff that you see. So I am going to say rest in peace to the Unabomber. Obviously, the things he did were terrible things, but he was a brilliant mind, and he saw what was coming. And the other piece of this, technologists in general, people who work technology, that's kind of a norm. That's kind of a common thing. It's like when you've been in technology, you realize This is just, there's something off about this. We're misusing this. This is not the intent of this. We're not doing it correctly. That's that's where I feel too. Now, I'm not going to be sending bombs to people. I'm not going to be threatening people. I'm not going to be attacking people. 
for their like of technology. But I am going to emphasize, strongly emphasize, I think people are too deep into technology and I think that it's harmful for them. If they choose to do it, there's nothing I can do about it. But my message to you is if you have somebody who does technology for a living, who's warning you away from excessive consumption of technology, I do encourage you to call to action to consider why that's coming from somebody who's deep in technology. It's because we sense this is not the intent of it. This is not what it's supposed to be used for. We were not supposed to be using it in the way that we are. We were not supposed to be in a world where text messages are what people prefer to do over even email or over phone calls, where people just don't want to talk on the phone, don't want to meet in person. This is not the intent of technology. The intent of technology was not that you get all of your news on a web search because, of course, there's a bias. It can be edited. It can be lean biased. The local newspapers all shutting down was never the intent. It was never the intent that technology would kill off jobs. It was never the intent that cars, they're trying to force to electric when we're not ready for it from a grid perspective. So I will say he was ahead of his time, and I'm going to leave it at that. Now, the other topic I wanted to talk about, because I saw a video about it, Marvin Gaye. I think everybody knows who Marvin Gaye is, but you probably don't know the man behind the name. You probably know him best from Sexual Healing, the song. How, but he's had so much other, he had so much other quality to him. He was so diverse of an artist. He was so well-rounded all the way around. He could play pretty much anything. They just like with Stevie Wonder, very talented, just a brilliant mind. Uh, he was ahead of his game as well. Now, his prime, I would say arguably his peak, the prime was in the 60s, was, was Marvin Gaye. During this time, it, the story going around is that Marvin felt like he couldn't sing. He felt like he wasn't really that good of a singer. Although, over time, you know, his early works, you could hear he sung a very specific way and he sung really well, but he would hit his peak when he got to like sexual healing in the 80s. But he still was a decently good singer. No, he wasn't going to be doing like Smokey Robinson or David Ruffin or Eddie Kendrick's level, but he was quality in his own right. I don't think he gave himself enough credit for really how good he was. Especially, and he just seemed to get better and better and better. And then there was just certain songs that seemed to attach to him better. Over time, then, he does duets with other members of Motown. He grows his own legend status. So you got Smokey Robinson over there, even Stand Alone with the Miracles. You got Martha Reeves over there. You got Mary Wells, who was the first, arguably. If, if without Mary Wells, you wouldn't really have a Motown. And people, she doesn't get enough credit. You got Mary Wells over there. You got uh, Stevie Wonder. He's out there. You've got The Temptations. As a group, I don't think David Ruffin did much on his own, but you got Temptations as a group, Four Tops. So on and on and on and on. They make all the, Diana Ross, The Supremes as a group. You got all these acts coming out of Motown at the same time. And they make waves overseas. At the same time, the music is changing. Tastes are shifting. And we're starting to see a shift towards a different genre of music that's kind of this blended, I don't want to even say, it wasn't even really soul. There's some soul, but it was like blended with, you know, like funk. It was kind of this interesting mix of, of song tracks that you're hearing from the Motown groups 
you know, like Ball of Confusion from The Temptation, great example. Just a different song. And so then Marvin's part of some of this. Well, as he's doing the duets with like Tammy Terrell, which he's most known for in terms of duets, the du Tammy Terrell, the story, Tammy Terrell, she was in involved with James Brown before she turned 18. James Brown abused her. She then goes and she gets involved with David Ruffin. David Ruffin abuses her. Now, mind you, she's only in her teens during this span. She hooks up with Marvin Gaye for duets. They were more like a brother-sister type of deal, but she seemed to be more at peace. And then one day they're performing live on stage. She collapses in Marvin Gaye's arms during the song set. Take her to the hospital. She's diagnosed with exhaustion. Turns out she actually has a tumor on her brain. She's going through care. And if you, I don't know if you've ever known anybody who's gone through this, but it's a very draining experience, especially back then when healthcare was nowhere near what it is now. Very draining experience. She's losing her eyesight. She can't stand. It's hard for her to walk. There's the last performance. Marvin Gaye did a, did a performance and she was able to get the energy to show up and he invited her up on stage to just sing one more time. She didn't have the pipes anymore, but it was just one of those things he wanted to do for her. And then she passed shortly after at age 24. From the moment that Tammy Terrell passed away, and arguably from the moment she was diagnosed with this, he never, he never was the same. He changed. He was never the same. He was never all in from an energy perspective to the work. And it felt like he wanted to just get away from the music business. He actually tried to go and join a baseball team at a point. Like he just, it seemed like he just went off. So then recently I stumbled across this video of an interview that he had done from Hezekiah News. I'd never heard of it. I think this had to be, this had to be like just before he was killed. Somewhere in the 80s, probably I'm guessing 82, maybe 83, maybe even early 84, but probably 83 is my guess. I could be wrong, but I just, in looking at him, it seems like this had to be very, very shortly before uh, his death, which I'll talk about in a second. But during the interview, you know, he's talking about his career and all the things where, and he's, he's transparent that he just felt like there were messages and things that he wanted to put out and he was suppressed at points. And this was because of what was going on in Motown, but he, there was a message he wanted to put out in the seventies. He had put out the whole what's going on. Let's get it on. Some of these, some of his best songs ever possible, right? The, the irony on the what's going on. Initially, they wouldn't let him, Barry would not let him release that one because there was a theory that it was going to turn his fans against him, that he was not going to be, keep his audience. When the truth is, he put his foot down, it turned out to be one of his top-selling songs of all time. And, if, and Smokey Robinson recently came out, he went on uh, whatever that guy's name is that does the interview, Vlad TV, I believe it is, and told him, you know, listen to every song on that whole album, the What's Going On album, listen to every song that's on there. It's exactly what we're dealing with now, you know, talking about father, 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 you know, everything that he's speaking in every word are the things that people are struggling with. And that this was, you know, when he wrote it, it was somebody else that was writing and moving his hand to write this. One of his top acts of all time. Fast forward now. And in this interview, he's saying, you know, there's things that I wanted to communicate and things I wanted to do with my music. And ultimately if what I have to do is, and he's, he's not outright, but he's transparent in one regard, which is 
you know, if there are certain things I've got to do to get the music I want in people's hands, I was willing to do it. So if I've got to sing about sex to get people to listen to me, then that's what I'm going to do. Because he believed that people were not going to listen to the albums or somebody believed on his behalf that nobody would listen to his albums if he wasn't talking about love and sex. Because remember, if you think about Supremes and you think about Temptations and all the other ones, their songs are like 95% about relationships or about sex or about, you know, those types of emotions. You rarely heard any of the artists talking about real problems, real situations, real things that were going on. So now him hearing, hearing him say this, right, of I, I did what I had to do to get the music I wanted into people's homes and get it to where they heard these. And while sexual healing might be one of his most known songs or ones most associated to him, I would argue anybody recognizes Marvin Gaye's voice. It's easy to recognize his voice from any song that you can think of. And you're like, that's Marvin Gaye in it. Even if you didn't know, like mercy, mercy me. If you hear it, he has, he has a signature sound that nobody can come close to. Nobody can even try. I don't even, I've tried to recollect if anybody had tried to sing Marvin Gaye like Marvin Gaye. I don't think anybody has ever tried because he just stood out in the crowd. So then in 84, what, what the story goes is that he had gone to his parents' home and he was breaking up a, an argument between his parents and his dad shot him, shot him twice, shot him in the heart, shot him in the shoulder. Later, his father apologized for, you know, he didn't mean to shoot him, but he and his father had been at odds. They were not on good terms. And his father eventually would die. I believe he died in the late 80s or something like this. But Marvin Gaye died in his 40s, died really young, really, really young. Tammy Terrell died in her 20s, died really, really young. And again, you think about the brilliance of what both of them brought separately on their own. And then as they came together, only to, you know, it's like you met too late, right? You met Tammy way too late to the point that affected you, possibly affected her, because now she's she finally is at peace, you know, working with somebody. But it's too late because she has this health issue that went undetected for so long. And my whole, you know, I'm a big, I'm not just a Motown fan. I like a lot of music. But this one stood out for me when I heard the interview, mostly because he's the only artist I can think of that is just forthright. He's had a struggle with drugs. He had a struggle with alcohol. Smokey Robinson told the story about how they had a falling out because Smokey wouldn't lend him money for drugs. So he, it was like his self-awareness, uh, Marvin, his self-awareness is staggering. And if you get a chance to watch the interview, it's the title's Marvin Gaye Rare Interview 1983. So that's confirmed. And just listen to him talk. I mean, you wouldn't expect, it's clear that he's, he's had some drugs recently. It's clear. But you couldn't tell by listening to him. He's very eloquent. He's very well-grounded. He understands where he's at. He knows what he wanted to do. And you can see there's no peace in him. You can see that he's still struggling internally and he's trying to hold it in and put on a good face. It's obvious. It's obvious. And you feel, you don't pity him, but you feel for him. You feel for what he had to have gone through and then to pass away at such a young age and then to be killed by your father, to lose you know, a person that you really care about at, at a young age and have their essentially die at the peak of your careers together. 
only to, you know, then kind of spiral. You kind of spiral off when you're at the peak, you're at the pinnacle and his legacy is, can't be understated. He's up there. He's certainly up there with the, you know, the Michael Jacksons of the world. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that. I don't think anybody other than Marvin Gaye can have put out as much quality music as Marvin Gaye did outside of maybe Aretha, Lufa, et cetera, you know, the top names that's there. And it's a shame that he, de- he never got to realize more than where he ended up. And then the last point I'll make, if you watch his duets with Tammy Terrell, if you watch his duets with Mary Wells and you see him up on the stage and then you fast forward and you see him in the 80s, he looks like a completely different person. It doesn't even look like the same person. And so you can tell this man's just been through it. He's been through a lot and it's, it's sad. It really is. And I don't think today's artists really are, they don't come close. They don't come close in impact, but they certainly don't come close in eloquence of speaking, confidence in who you are, knowing what you wanted to do, being well-spoken. A lot of this is not having social media at the time, but the point is, I think communication is important overall and talent, well-rounded talent is lacking these days. There are talented artists out there, but I don't think any of them come close to this man. And I wanted to take an episode and just talk about it. And I do encourage you to read up. If you're curious or interested about him, I do encourage you to read up about Marvin Gaye and his story and see if you can track down the Hezekiah News video on YouTube. I think it's an intriguing video. And we're talking a raw interview like you see the stuff before the, quote, camera starts rolling stuff. And it's it's interesting to see. Separately, my last point, uh, as I close out here, just to give you a kind of a personal side, personal deal uh, that's going on. I did tell my, I mentioned, I was going to say this last week. I did tell my second endeavor um, that I would be terminating services with them as of June, the end of June. So in uh, basically 18 days. And my reason is primarily for, I've got personal things that I'm working on, but I also think that what I need to do in my time management is incompatible with the client. I think the person I work with primarily is a great person to work with, but I think the client just has different understanding of time management. They want their workers to do certain things a certain way that I'm not going to work with. I need to be able to manage my own time and I don't think that's going to work with them. So that means that that source of income will cease. And so I'll just have the first one. I still get outreaches of, of different organizations that come with opportunities and I'm open to those opportunities as long as they play by my rules for it. So I will be at some point, but I think I do need the reprieve anyway, and just get to get back to basics with the one endeavor, especially now that we're wrapping up this major initiative and hopefully we'll be able to calm back to a steady state once I clean up some of the garbage. Cause again, they, they basically pay me twice what they were paying me before. So now I just have to level off the work smooth it out so I can get back to some basics. And then I plan to go back into my, the business I started because I started up the formed the business for the podcast. So I need to get that all running and then get the heck out of here. Cause that's still priority number one. So on a personal note, things are still chugging forward, but just ever slowly. And I've got to shift some stuff around so I can add some breathing time to an otherwise uh, challenging situation. And then the last little note I just got a uh, coin sorter. This is a random thing I'm telling you, but I, I just want to share a story. I got a coin sorter 
that does the uh, little coin wrapper business and it detects when the thing's full. I could have used this, this thing like years ago when I had like a whole drawer full of coins, but <laughs> so I'm, I'm digging into that one and I'm trying to figure out where all the coins are that I used to have. So I can start getting those coin wrapped, putting those in a box. And then I made, I don't have a backyard. I mean, I do, but I won't try to figure out a place to, you know, put that box away separate from all my cash. So I got the, I've got stuff in flight in process is my point to get myself back on track and get ready to get out of Nevada. Finally, finally, it's been a long time coming. That's all we've got here today on casual talk radio, gentlemen's world. Hopefully it's been informational, educational, and helpful for you. We upload every Monday and Wednesday. So we'll be back for our next episode. Whether you're a subscriber or not, we appreciate you for dialing in today. We know you've got choices. We will be turning back on our guest cadence. We are doing the screening process that's coming very soon. Keep up to date with what we're doing at casualtalkradio.net. You can also subscribe at the bottom to get alerts whenever there's a new episode posted, or you can add it to your platform of choice. For now, take care, and I will see you on our next upload.